Let's, let's go ahead and, and, and talk about the synopsis of this series. Go ahead and write this down. Uh, so throughout the next month, we're, we're talking about a greater future for my life, my church, and my city. A greater future for your life, your church, and your city. And personally, the future really intrigues me. I've, I've always been very interested in uh, the future. A, a, lot of, a lot of people aren't future-focused. Like they're just trying to get through today and tomorrow, but I don't know. It's 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 just always been something for me. Even as a child, I always imagined about you know what my future could look like. And whenever I gave my heart to Christ uh, almost 18 years ago, that that gift of being able to feel and to sense uh, what God wanted to do in my life just it exploded. And um, in a biblical sense, I guess it's, it's prophetic or this prophetic gift of being able to have a sense in which God is going to do something big. But the future just intrigues me. And uh, I personally get up every day excited, excited about what the future holds. And so what I do know is this, is that everyone has a future. Everyone has a future. Rather dead or alive, you have a future. Uh, the Bible teaches us that we are eternal beings and that... Uh, if you are in Christ or if you believe in Jesus, your future is heaven. You will be in heaven forever. If you don't believe in Christ, the Bible teaches that your future is in hell. And so whether alive or, or dead, we all have a future. And if there are many years attached to your life, what you want to make sure is that you're moving towards a greater future, right? There's no reason for your 30s to look like your 20s. There's no reason for your 40s to look like your 30s. You, you don't have to go back, but every single morning we have an opportunity to move forward into a greater future. And I think that starts with mindset. Someone say mindset. mindset. And, and it's a mindset and, and a heart set that you have to consistently guard. Um, there's some healing from the past that you must do and, and things that you must overcome. But I like to believe that um, the power of vision and this expectation of a greater future has the, has the capacity to expedite the healing process. And when a person doesn't have vision or an expectation for a future, it's hard to heal from the past. So that's a part of my prayer during the series is that um, some of that healing process in your life would be expedited so you can dream big and so you can go after the things that the Lord has for you. And so let's go ahead and define future. Future is defined as a time to come, a time to come. So it, it, it's it, it's. You know, so five minutes ago is the past. Uh, by the end of this message, we, we, we're going to be in the future. But then that's going to be the present, then the past. Two hours from now, we're going to be in the future. You know, right now we're in the present. Tomorrow, by God's grace, we'll be in the future. Right? Next Monday, the future. Everyone has a future. And the future is defined as a time to come. Webster's also define it as an expectation of advancement. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if the Webster's team was got a revelation from the Lord, right? But the future can also be an expectation of advancement. Yes. Yes. Um, or uh, there's another part to that definition. I didn't write it down, but it's 
progressive development. This progressive de development. And, I, you know, I, I was home uh, last week just kind of looking through some pictures of when our church was in Shady Grove Middle School and, and, and going, you know, skimming through some of my podcasts years ago. And I'm just looking at all of the growth and all of the maturity, personal maturity, corporate maturity and growth. But it's just so exciting to see that when you stick to something that God has called you to, it just becomes greater and better and bigger. And I think that's the idea about your life. If I stick to what God has called me to, my life can become greater. My life can become bigger. My church, my family, uh, all these things, no matter what I'm facing, if I stick to the vision that God has put on my heart, that, that has the power to pull everything forward, right? A lot of us are looking for the key to success. It's really what has God laid on your heart, obeying that, and watching everything in time fall into place, right? Not giving up. And what I love about the Lord is that the Lord is always postured to move you into a greater future. Heaven, heaven is always like behind you, like, come on, you, you got this. You, you can do this. Like, like we're, we've gone before you. We have your, your rear. We, we're on the side. We're, we're beneath you. We got you. God is always postured to heal you and, and lift you up and, and move your life forward. And, and you just, you have to connect your faith to that and your belief that there is a God who loves you and he has a great future and, and destiny for your life. You, you just, you just got to connect yourself to that. And once you, once you establish that mindset and that heart set, there's nothing that's stopping you. Everything, everything will fall fall in line. And so I want to I want to show you just one example of of an individual, uh, and there are many throughout Scripture, many from Genesis to Revelation, where we see that God chooses an individual, and He says, "Hey, you, I've chosen you." And in Christ, the Bible says that we're all chosen in Christ before God created the world, before we even sinned. The Bible says that God chose you in Christ. So heaven is like, hey, I choose you. And this is what I want to do in and through your life. Right. And so I think about uh, the, the promise that the Lord gave to Joshua concerning a future of victory and expansion. That was his future for Joshua. Joshua was in a present wilderness, but God's posture in his heart for Joshua was victory and expansion, right? And so he says this to Joshua, Moses has died. Two million Israelites have journeyed in the wilderness for 40 years, and God is ready to move Joshua forward into everything that he has for him. And it says this here, I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, Joshua 1, 3, you will be on land I have given you from the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. God, God is having to tell Joshua this because, number one, he's leading two million people. And so not, all, not only is he leading two million people, but he's about to face a lot of enemies. Yes, yes, right? right? So God may give you a vision or a dream, but there's something that you got to realize. There are people attached to that aspiration, 
and there are people and spiritual forces that are gonna that are gonna confront and try to press against and hinder you from what God has promised you. Right. So so then he tells him this here. He says, as a result, I will not fail you or abandon you. So he says this here, be strong and courageous for you are the one who will lead these people to possess the land. I swore to their grandparents and great grandparents and parents that I would give them. So he says two things here when it comes to your future. I need you to catch this. He says, I need you to be strong. Right. Because God will never call you to a future that you don't play a part in. And that's kind of where Christians are at right now. It's like, well, God, you promised it. Tell me, where is it? God's like, well, I need you to I need you to be strong and I need I need you to play your part. The word strong here means stout. It means I need you to be movable because because life is going to hit and, and opinions are going to come in and and your body's not your flesh is and your flesh is going to war against the spirit but but I need you to be immovable I need you I need you to be strong and I'm going to give you the strength through the power of my spirit and then he says I need you to be courageous that that word courageous actually means to move forward I, I need you to keep moving forward keep your eyes on me I need you to be pay attention I need you to move forward right I need you to move forward regardless of of what's coming your way so be strong and be courageous. What I don't see in the text is God say, hey, I need you to be strong and courageous for a year. I need you to be strong and courageous for six months. No, he's calling him to a life of strength, a life of courage. When you need to rest, rest. When you need prayer, get prayer. When you need encouragement, get encouraged. But get back up. And keep moving forward. You, you can't, you, listen, you cannot nurture negativity. You, you, you cannot nurture a victim mentality. You, you cannot nurture mom wasn't there, dad wasn't there, uh, my, my, they, they're not supporting me, or they're not for me. You, you cannot nurture that stuff because, because at the very moment you begin to open a door for that victim mentality, that's when Satan knows, I got him. I got him. I got them, I have their kids, I got their future. They might be going to heaven, whatever, but they'll be miserable Christians on this earth. And they'll never tell anyone about the goodness of Jesus because I got them. So I need you to be strong and courageous because I'm with you and I will not fail you. And and that's a reason to get up every morning with an expectation. That's a reason. Come on now, y'all. That is a reason. That's right. <laughs> I want to write a song called A Reason. All right. Got some songwriters back there. That's good. So, so, so here, here's the tag, here, here's the sub tagline of this series, and this is what we're going to journey through for the next three to four weeks, okay? Th- th- this, this is what I come to find out. This is how God put it on my heart. God-honoring vision, strong faith, and a commitment to action moves us into a greater future. God-honoring vision, strong faith next week, a commitment to action week three moves us into a greater future. So like my wife said, be here every week as we unfold what, what, what these things, what these look like. Well, here, here's the formula. Um, 
Vision plus faith plus action, greater future. Greater future. So what is a God-honoring vision? That's the title of today's message, God-honoring vision. I want to give you three components of a God-honoring vision. Number one is a God-honoring vision is biblical. It's biblical. This simply means that if God is going to lay something on your heart, you'll know the difference if, if it's you, if it was a good meal, if you took a good nap. Right. You, you'll know if it's God or you based on th- this. Biblical means that it's relating to or contained in the Bible. It, whenever the Holy Spirit gives you a vision, God is going to speak from what he's already said. Okay, so this is the revealed vision of God from Genesis to Revelation, the revealed will of God for your life. And he's going to speak from this place to give you specific vision for your life. So from this place came the the industry of nursing from Scripture. There was no such thing as the nursing industry before Christ came along. Right. There was no such thing as public education before Christ came along. There was no such thing as any of the current and modern day values and and, and, and systems that 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 we, we currently benefit from until Christ came along and set some things straight in the atmosphere. And, and God always speaks vision from the scripture. OK. And so you can't just make stuff up like, you can, well, that's a great plan. That's a great idea. Good. OK, you, you may garner some level of success. You may make some money. You may become influential. But was that from God? Did, did God did God send you on that path or was it or was it you? Is God blessing that or is it a result of your hard work? Not necessarily an evil thing. But it's not necessarily a God thing either. So whenever God gives you vision, it's going to come from Scripture. Second Timothy 3.16 says this, all Scripture is God-breathed. Okay, all Scripture. So let, let me teach a little bit. One of the nicknames of the Bible is Scripture. All right, and so the word Bible, if you're taking notes, means the books. The books. The books of who? The books of what? The books that were inspired by the Spirit of God. Okay, so the Bible was written over the course of 1,500 years, 40 different authors. Only a few of them knew each other, but there are no contradictions, no errors. Same God, one author, 40 writers. And so as he breathed, right, inspired, or God breathed on them, they wrote what God said. They wrote what the Lord said. So this is it's important as, as a growing Christian that I spend chunks of my day in the word of God. Yeah. I, I would say begin to kind of take away some of that social media time, that TV time and get with the Lord and, and spend some time with him. Uh, yesterday, uh, I, I took took my son to uh, practice. He had early practice yesterday morning. And I mean, it, oh man, it was nice and breezy and chilly outside. Came back home. The leaves are falling in my front yard. They're golden and red and and brown and oh, just beautiful. 
So I rode around the neighborhood a little bit with the windows down, and I just felt inspired. I, f- I felt like God was breathing on me as I, as, as I was driving. And so I pulled up into, into our parking lot. I got out the car. I took my little Bible, and I read some scripture. And it was from that place that the Lord began to speak to me about self-confidence and the vision he had for my life. And he, he reminded me, he said, you don't need anybody but me. He, he said, I've, I've put you at the tip of the bullet and I'm, I'm bringing you into the vision I've given you. So he said, he, he said this, he said, don't focus on the people. Focus on me. But it's, it's from that place. It's making time for the word of God. Staying offline, staying off social media, staying out of other people's lives. Right. So that so that God can can have your ear and your heart. And so that the Holy Spirit can begin to download something for you and about your future. You, you got you got to That's holy time. And, and so this is what tends to happen when we read the scripture. If, if your heart's really in it, the Holy Spirit breathes vision into our souls. Because you do know that what you do is not your purpose. God can change what you do. God can change your career. He can change your job. You might get some crazy injury. Right. What happens when everything falls through? Do you lose your mind? Do you get discouraged? Well, if you do, you didn't have a vision to begin with because you base who you were on the things that you do. That's not vision. That's not purpose. Vision and purpose is learning who I am in Christ and obeying God and what he's put into my heart. And as long as you're tracking in that way, you're in the center of God's will. And, and I don't want you to feel like you're not because this person is succeeding and they're moving faster and they have the thing you want. No, no, no. Actually, they're not fulfilled. If they don't have God, I'm going to tell you this right now. They are not fulfilled. And they're trying to compensate for something that they're lacking in here. Come on now. It just is what it is. And, and God is trying to say, I'm actually trying to reveal something to you, for you, and about you. I just need your heart and I need some time. So a God-honoring vision is biblical and you, you have to learn the Bible. You, you got to get into this stuff. Here, here's some biblical vision that the scripture uh, uh, reveals. Okay, number one, uh, God's vision for your life is to live a godly life. Go ahead and take a picture of this. I, I'm going to give you six, six visions right now. That's all throughout scripture, living with integrity. Yes, absolutely. Jesus saves your soul. He gives you the Holy Spirit, and you begin to live for him in all you do. You, you, you try to do what's right even when no one's watching, right? You, you try to be on time for work and, and, and have a good attitude from, the, from a place of gratitude. Uh, number two, if, if you're married or you want to be married, be faithful. If there's no abuse, no adultery, work that thing out. Be faithful to your spouse. Build something great. If you're on your second or third marriage and, and, and it's, it's, you know, it's okay, but it can be better, stick in there, right? Be faithful. That, that's biblical vision. Number three, excellent work. And all that you do, the Bible says that you're serving the Lord, not man. And it's the Lord who has your inheritance. 
That's vision. That, that should be a vision for our lives. Everywhere I go, I want to make that place better. I want to add value to that company. I want to add value to that. I want to add value. I want to, everywhere you go, that, that's, that should be vision. There's no way you can pray for excellent things and not, not put out excellent work. There's no way you can have a million-dollar vision and a $10 work ethic. There, there's, there's just no way. Oh, man, I want so much, man. But you're lazy. There, there's no way. So, so here it is. Sometimes your vision has to be your value system. Mm -hmm. yes. Not the things you can put your hand on, Come on. But, but it's who you are in here. Yes. Right? Uh, uh, number four, multiplying your resources. You got something, you have a vision for more. Right. The key to more is what's in your hands. Yeah. Right? That's a vision. I, I'm going to work what I have. Number five, a healthy church. That's in the Bible. Jesus said in Matthew, I build my church and the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against it. All right. Pat, you know, we counsel so many people. I don't I don't know God's vision for my life. Jesus said, I build my church. Are, are you in the center of what Jesus is building? And I'm telling you, once you get in the center of healthy soil, it'll clarify a lot in your life. It'll it clarify a lot. I'm just so lonely and depressed because you have no one speaking life into you. Yeah. Right? The, the spirit is, is, is not, he's not accessible in your life. A healthy church. Someone say healthy church. Healthy church. All right. Y'all bored? I feel a bored spirit settling on y'all. <laughs> Work diligently to listen. Are you listening? Yes. All right. Generational wealth. That's a vision. It, it should be. My young people, you got time to, to build something. The Bible, someone say the Bible. A good man, a good woman leaves an inheritance for their kids' kids. Someone say vision. Because God said it. And th this is why vision is biblical. Because God said it. Here it is. And he's telling you what to do about your future. So I read that verse. Wow, I have a vision for my grandkids I haven't even met yet. I have a vision for my nieces and my nephews, my great grandkids. That I so man, I, I need to let me follow God. Ah, that's vision. That's vision. I, I need to pass my values and my faith down. We were talking to the baby boy the other day, and I always ask him at least uh, every other month or so, what, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I always know his first two. Right. He added a third one, which was a blazing surprise. He said, I want to be a MLB player and an F1 driver. I said, that's that's great. He said, and dad, I want to be a pastor. And I'm like, huh. huh. So what is that? That's that's not me passing down money. That's me passing down my example. That's vision. We're so trapped and inundated by things and material things. And our kids are like trapped by it, too. I want cars. I want money. I want homes. No, like they should be admiring your life. Come on now. They, they should be admiring. Wow. Mom prays. Dad prays. Like cleaning the house up. Wow. They're they're. You know what I mean? They should. They, that that's that's an aspiration to shoot for. Absolutely. 
It's a worthy cause. Number two, God-honoring vision is selfless. Come on up and close me out, worship. Selfless. Someone say selfless. The disciples were asking Jesus about the future and greatness. (laughs) I'm like, I was preparing this week, and I'm like, God, why is this such a sobering message? Part of me didn't even like preparing for it. I'm like, what are you leading me to really talk about, God? Like, we're, I'm trying to cast vision. We're moving into the future. Like, we got to stoke a fire in them. He's like, no. No, don't do that. He said, because if you do that, they're going to miss it. They're going to miss what a great future truly is all about. He said, God-honoring vision is selfless. And I'm like, man, that ain't sexy. It don't sound like, let's conquer the world, let's take over Maryland. He said, but this is the way you conquer the world. It's it's kingdom math. That's what I call it. It's like, yeah, God, you're going to bless. God's like, no, let's turn that upside down because I don't work how you work. I don't think how you think. And so the disciples are asking the greatest man to ever live one day, how do I be great? And he's like, wow. Now your motive is wrong, but I'm going to give you the key to fulfillment and to greatness. They weren't ready for it. I wasn't ready for it this week. I'm like, it's vision series. Let's go. Yeah. He's like, no, Joshua. He said this, Matthew 23, 11 through 12. The greatest among you. If you want to be great, serve. Be a servant. I hung on that cross. I, I died for your sins. I give you my spirit. You're going to heaven. Now for the rest of your life, stop making your life about you. And die to your flesh. Pick up your cross and follow me. For those who keep their life will lose their life. And those who lose their lives will gain everything. So if it's truly a vision from God, it won't have anything to do with your personal advancement. You let him take care of that part. And believe me, he can advance you way better than you can advance you. The call is to be a servant. So why am I getting this degree? Great, there's a great salary attached to that master's PhD at the end of it. But is the motive to help people? Why why am I starting this business? Great, it's cool business, great brand, great theme, awesome. But is the motive to point people to Christ through your business? Because guess what burns when Jesus comes back and your business was not centered on him? 
your business burns. Paul says, but your soul is saved by escaping the fire. So I hope that in everything you're doing and everything you aspire to do, you're doing that so that when people see you, they don't see you. But they see the king of the universe who died on a cross for their sins. It's not about you. It's not about me. You know, it's just not. And so thank you, God, for the revelation of how to be great. It, it is simple, but it's extremely profound. And it's the greatest thing you're going to battle with. But all you have to do, just like last week, is repent. Just say, Lord, I turn from being selfish and I give my heart to you. Now, God, help me serve people for your glory. And then Jesus says, there's no limit to how great your life can be. Because he says this here, here's the promise. But those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. I love it that um, when, when we, I'm going to land the plane there. Um, I'll try to get through the third point at the next service, however, because I, I, I want to minister from the heart. I love it that, that whenever uh, the Lord sent, sent my wife and I from Florida to Maryland, um, we had just had a newborn baby. Uh, Judah was probably he was a couple months old. Jay was young. Jay was four or five years old. And I, I, I just, I, I look, and this is what you want to do. Okay, as you move forward in life, you want to look back at you, here it is, and say, I'm so proud of you for not, here it is, thinking about you in that season. That, that's, what, that, that's the mark of a, a, a fulfilled life, is you, you now get to live in the center of your dream because for years you've stacked up selflessness. And oh my God, the, 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 the talents and the gifts that the Lord has put into my wife, her capacity to lead multi-million dollar organizations, my capacity to do other things, but, but I, not a humble brag or anything, but you're going to want to say, good job, not, not putting your kids and your family first, but obeying the godly, God-honoring vision and building what really mattered. And now as a result, hundreds of others are extremely blessed because of your selflessness. And as a result, God exalts your influence, your resource in your life because it's not about you. That's how the kingdom works. That is God honoring vision. May the motive always be about the kingdom of God and the betterment of other people. And God won't have a problem blessing your life and exalting you. Can we put our hands together for the word of God? Thank you, Lord.